Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, it's it, it kind of like the, the old song from the 60s, 60s go, he, for, for, this, for this leper, it was... Um, I need you more than want you. For this leper, it was, uh, you know, it even went farther than that, you know. Uh, I must have you more than I need you. So his drive of this leper was very specific. He was, he was like a missile heading right for the Lord Jesus. He, was, he knew. His understanding was very specific. He called Jesus Lord. He called Jesus God. His purpose was very specific. He came to worship, and his request was very specific. He wanted healing. It was very specific. You know, I was thinking about him with regard to the wise men who came. They were very specific, too, in Matthew 2, 2, when it says that they came saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Very similar to this leper, like the wise men, who the wise men saw the Lord's star in the east and came to worship him, and, but the leper heard these things about the Lord Jesus, and he came. So uh, at this point in, in his ministry, the Lord Jesus was not known for performing miracles. He, he was, he, so he, he, the leper was not coming to him say, do for me like you did for him. You know, heal me like you, you took away his blindness. Heal me like you took away his deafness, so forth. Heal me like you, you raised from the dead. This hadn't happened yet. So, but, but this, this leper, when he heard of the Lord Jesus, there was a hope that was born in him. There was a hope that gave him strength. And, and, and that's what we see in this leper, a very strong person. He has a strong hope that in the Lord Jesus, there's gonna be a deliverance from me. He has a strong determination as he presses his way out of the area where, into the area that he's banned from. He's bursting through. I mean, you gotta kinda look at this leper and say, wow, he's bursting through in the place where he's not allowed to be. You can almost say that he's bursting through in the tabernacle, the outer court, into the holy, of, into the holy place. And then he's not finished. He's bursting his way through into the holy of holies where God is. And this is a man who has also a very strong faith that, that, that all that the Lord had to do was just be willing to cleanse him. That's it. So he's got these words of faith. His words of faith are, if thou wilt. That's faith. That's faith speaking. Faith never says, if thou canst. Faith always says, if the, this was the problem with the father of the, of, of, the, of the boy, the father did not have faith 
in Mark 9.17, Mark 9.17, when it says, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnasheth with his teeth, pineth away. I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered, the Lord Jesus answered, saying, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought unto him, and, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground. He wallowed, foaming. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? He said, of a child. And oft times it cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. Here's what, here's what the father said, faithless. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus corrects that. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible unto him that believeth. Straightway the child, father child cried out with tears, said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. So this isn't the leper. The leper is strong in faith because he said to the Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst. Now, the father was weakened because he said, if thou canst. And that's why the, that's why the Lord straightened out this father. So this leper has a strong conviction that Jesus is God. There's no doubt about it in his mind. He, he calls him Lord. So therefore, this leper receives a, a very strong reward because he didn't ask to be touched by the Lord. He, 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 he just asked him to be cleansed. I'm sure he was shocked when the Lord reached out and touched him. But he was, rewarding with a, he was rewarded with a, a touch that cleansed him. It was a cleansing touch. In verse three, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, when verse three says the Lord touched him, we could kind of picture that scene, how the Lord has turned to this leper, he's looking right into his eyes, and, and as he's looking into his eyes, he reaches his hand out and he says, I will be thou clean. And when the le leper felt the touch from the Lord, he knew he was cleansed. He, the leper, the leper was cleansed by his contact with Jesus. I mean, imagine the shock of the crowd as, as, as Jesus is lifting up their, his hand, he's gonna teach him, touch him, and the, and, the, and the crowd is thinking, he's not gonna touch him, is he? I mean, I mean the, the, the crowd knew from the scriptures that to touch a leper would make the person who touched him unclean like the leper. And, and so, so the Lord does that. He cleanses the leper with his touch. But then the Lord remains clean himself. Now, it's easy to look at this history of the leper and to say, okay, it's a, it's a history of healing. It's a healing history. But the word healing doesn't occur in this history at all. The subject is cleansing. And so in, in Matthew 8, 2, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus puts forth his hand, touches him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So in, in a sense, that's what makes this so significant for us. Because when a person comes to the Lord Jesus, he's unclean from sin. He needs cleansing from sin. And when the Jewish people are going to come, which they will, to the Lord Jesus, they are going to find cleansing in uh, Zechariah 13.1. Zechariah 13.1. In that day shall there be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. 
And, 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 and then when, when David came to the Lord after his horrible sin in Psalm 51, Psalm 51, 2, David said, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. In the same chapter, same Psalm, verse seven, Psalm 51, seven, he says, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. So just as the, 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 the cleansing from his sin came from this intimacy, I should say, the cleansing from his leprosy came from this intimacy of a touch from the Lord Jesus, our cleansing from sin also comes from, from the intimacy of being washed by not a hand touch, but by his own blood, as it says in Revelations 1.5, Revelations 1.5, from Jesus Christ unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Not just washed us from our sins, but washed us from our sins in his own blood. And this, is, and this happens, happens to us daily, as we confess our sins from 1 John 1.7, 1 John 1.7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just from some sins, but all sins. So this gets to what John the Baptist said when he first saw the Lord Jesus in John 1.29. John 1.29, when John seeth Jesus coming unto him, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. How does he take it away? He takes it away by forgiveness. He takes it away by cleansing. But it also shows us something here in, 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 uh, in, in, uh, <clears throat> about how the Lord is doing this, how this is happening, what's happening when he touches this person. And there's, a, there's a, an insight which is given to us in, in uh, dropping down to verse 17, Matthew 8, 17, Matthew 8, 17. When it says these words that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Himself bare our sicknesses. This leper, this leper could, could sing the words, they take our hymn, he could sing, he could open a hymn number 352, he could sing the words, shackled by a heavy burden, Neath a load of guilt and shame, then the hand of Jesus touched me. Now I'm no longer the same. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. Now I know. He touched me and made me whole. I'll never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. Now, so what this history is about in this, uh, in this leper here, it's really a, a history about a personal contact that one man had with the Lord Jesus. And this is what must happen for anyone to really be safe from their sin. There must be this personal contact with the Lord Jesus, not joining a church, not being part of a group, not singing the hymns by heart, but a personal contact with the Lord Jesus like this leper had. And it's, it's, it's significant here that when he did have this personal contact, how fast the healing and the cleansing took place. It was so, so quick. The Lord just quickly heard the leopard, leper, and, and then the Lord responded quickly with just two words, I will, in verse three. Nothing complicated, not complicated instructions for the man to follow, not like, well, you have to do this and you have to do that. It was just that if the Lord willed, the Lord could do, and the Lord responded with, I will. It was only his word. It was just his word. Of course, the touch, but it was his word. He was cleansed. Just that, just that thought, 
He says, I will. It's, it's his words. You know, later on, we're going to look at, 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 you saw that. The next history is going to be, there's no touch. There was just, uh, you don't have to come to my house. You can just say the word will be done. He says, yes, that's, and so it was just, and so when, you, when, you, when we think about that, what happens from his word brings us back to the history of creation. Creation came into existence by just his word. In Psalm 148.5, Psalm 148.5, it says, let them praise, thy na- praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded, and they were created. So it. And then in Psalm 33.9, Psalm 33.9, he spake, and it was done. He commanded, it stood fast. Just like that. He spake, it was done. This is what the centurion passage is all about. We're going to read. The Lord Jesus didn't have to go into the centurion's home to heal his servant. The centurion knew all he had to do was just, just say the word. And like he'd said it in creation, just speak it, it'll be done. And when the Lord spoke, the heavens and the earth were, were, were created. Were created. It's a, and as we just saw in Psalm 33.9, Psalm 33.9, he spake, it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. He commanded and it stood fast. Job, Job picks up on that, uh, uh, that, that statement, it stood fast. In Job 26.7, Job 26.7, where it says, he stretched... I stretched out the north over the empty place, and he hangeth the earth upon nothing. <laughs> he, he, he stretched, so God stretched out over nothing and made the earth from nothing and then, hung, and, then, and then hung the earth on nothing, and then he told it, you stay there. That's what happened. And so you know, he commanded, and it stood fast, Psalm 33, 9. So that's our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he does. In, in Romans 4.17, 4, 4, it says, God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. So this is what happened in creation. God spoke into existence. For example, in, in Genesis 1.11 and 12. Genesis 1.11 and 12, this is creation of grass. And the Lord said, let the earth bring forth grass. And the earth brought forth grass. Now imagine the time that when the angels heard the Lord say, in Genesis 1-1, uh, Genesis 1-11, Genesis 1-11, let the earth bring forth grass. No one's ever seen grass before. <laughs> Imagine the angels saying, what's grass? And there it was. That was God. Call those things which be not as though they were. Okay, Romans 4-17. So now, the Lord heals this leper by touching him, and he gives, and when he does that, as I was mentioning from verse 17, he is giving a lesson on how the Lord restores people. He doesn't, he's not restoring people distantly. You know, he's not, he's not saying, oh, leprosy, whoa, you know, can you just kind of keep your three feet away because that's the, the travel for a bacteria. And, you know, I'm not going to get, you know, and, and, he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't say, I don't want to be drained. I don't want to be put in jeopardy. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be hurt. That's not what he does. The Lord heals the suffering of a person by entering into the suffering of that person. This is what's meant in, in Isaiah 63.9. Isaiah 63.9. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. The care of God goes beyond just him caring for us. It's very personal with him to the point of him being afflicted himself. Wow. God is afflicted? What afflicts God? When we're afflicted, 
when we're afflicted. Judges 10.16, Judges 10.16, God is saying to Israel, enough with the strange gods, enough with the idols, he says in Judges 10.16. They put away the strange gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Again, they walked into the sin of idolatry and strange gods, and this, this, it wasn't just God looking at them and saying, ah, oh, there they go again. No, it was the, and they were in misery because of it, and then it says that God was grieved for their misery. And now, Zechariah 2.8, Zechariah 2.8, the Lord now is talking about the, the nations that gather around Israel and, and, and are um, afflicting Israel. He says in Zechariah 2.8, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eyes. I mean, anything that touches the center of our eyes, it drives us crazy. There's no way you can ignore that. And this is what God says he feels when anyone touched Israel touches us by extension. In Hebrews 4.15, it describes the kind of uh, uh, high priest that the Lord is, Hebrews 4.15. It says, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. What's so amazing about that verse is the tense of the verb. The verse is not saying that God was touched with the feeling of our infirmity. It's not that God is saying, oh yeah, I remember experiencing something like that, a very horrible, empty feeling. I remember what it felt like when I was betrayed, when I was, when I was abandoned yeah, by Judas. I, and I, I remember what I felt like when I was forsaken on the cross and all my friends went away. I know exactly what you're feeling today because I remember that happened to me 2,000 years ago. It's not that God says, oh yeah, I remember that sadness of being uh, abandoned by a loved one. I remember that feeling of being hated. Yeah, I, I know what you're experiencing because I felt that too. If that were the case, then the verb wouldn't be in a different tense. The verb in, in Hebrews 4.15, Hebrews 4.15 would say, we have not a high priest which was not touched in the past with the feeling of, same feelings of our infirmities that we experience now. If the tense of the verb was in the past, then the Lord could say to us, I know what you're feeling because I experienced that same thing over 2,000 years ago. I still remember it. But because the tense of the verb is in the present in Hebrews 4.15, it's something like this. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched right now with the feeling of our infirmities. That means the Lord is presently feels what we are going through right now. It's not a case of memory with him. He, he feels the pain because it brings back to him the, 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 the pain of the present, the pain of the present he's experiencing. He, he, he's also reliving from the past. So the verb saying in Hebrews 4.15, Hebrews 4.15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities right now because he feels a present pain from our pain as our present pain brings back the pain also that he felt and when he was in all points tempted like was we are, yet without sin. So this is all to say that when the Lord touched the leper, he felt pain. It cost him something. It's the same way with the woman. He felt this draining with this woman of the issue of blood in Luke 8.43. Luke 8.43. A woman having the issue of blood 12 years would spend all her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. Well, that never happens today, so anyway. 
came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched, stanched, whatever. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and the other that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? Jesus said, someone hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. So when the woman touched the Lord, there was a certain outflow, there was a certain pain, there was a certain emptying that the Lord felt when he said in Luke 8, 46, Luke 8, 46, I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Actually, the Greek word there, this translated virtue, is the same word dunamis. Dunamis, which is where we get our, name, uh, our word dynamite from. Another place where this word dunamis appears is in Romans 1.16, Romans 1.16, which says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the dunamis, it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So this word dunamis means power. So when the, Lord, when the woman touched the Lord, the Lord felt the pain of power going out of from him. When the Lord touched the leper, the Lord felt the pain of power, uh, whatever, going out from him. It costs the Lord. And this shows how the Lord Jesus takes away what hurts us. The Lord Jesus takes away the sin that hurts us by himself becoming the sin offering for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So again, we go back to John the Baptist. He sees Jesus the first time. John 1.29, he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world by being made a sin offering for us. He, Jesus, the Lord Jesus takes away the punishment of sin by becoming the punished person for our sins. In Isaiah 53.5, Isaiah 53.5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we are healed. He, the Lord Jesus takes away our suffering, our suffering from being excluded from God by himself suffering and being excluded from God, which happened on the cross when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But as is emphasized in 1 Peter 3.18, 1 Peter 3.18, which says, Christ also hath suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. He, he removed us, the Lord Jesus removed us for, or delivered us for, for, from being from, from on death row, the judgment of our offenses by himself being delivered for our offenses in Romans 4.25, Romans 4.25, who was delivered for our offenses, was raised again for our justification. He delivered us from being a curse by himself becoming a curse for us. In Galatians 3.13, Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. He delivers us from death for our sins by himself dying for our sins. In 1 Corinthians 15.3, 1 Corinthians 15.3, Christ died for our sins. So this is how the Lord fulfills his calling that, that, that was laid out for him at his birth. This, this is the reason why his name was Jesus in Matthew 1.21, Matthew 1.21, when it was, it was explained, she shall bring forth a son, 
and shall call his name, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And what we're talking about here is how the Lord saves his people from their sins. He becomes the one who endures and suffers what we deserve to save us. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 